So I want to talk about um, this entity called the OFAC and crypto. And specifically, it's it's an old story. You know, this is this came out about you know a week and a half ago, <coughs> where the OFAC. Um, I don't know if that's what it's called, but I'm just going to call it that. This uh, this Treasury Department of the United States um, sanctioned a entity on Ethereum, which Ethereum is this quote unquote decentralized blockchain. And they sanctioned a application, an entity, right? Some code that was published by an entity onto this blockchain. They sanctioned the whole thing. And that means that they've sanctioned all of the accounts associated with it, all of the, the public addresses, the entity itself. They arrested somebody in, in uh, Netherlands, a developer, somebody who, who writes code. Um, and I listened to this Marty Bent show where he, he interviews this lawyer, Preston Byrne. And I think he's got some great, great uh, analysis. I don't agree with everything that he says, but I, but he's, he's one of the top crypto lawyers. Let's just say that. Let's just say that much. Um, he analyzed this and said, yeah, I mean, this is their entity in the people in the crypto world, especially calling out the Ethereum people just are operating under this, this illusion. They're, they're not operating in reality. Like none of these crypto people are right. But he specifically calls out Ethereum cause he's kind of more of a Bitcoin guy at this point. Um, but he calls them out saying they're not operating under the rules of reality. And the reality is, is the United States government is very, very powerful and that they've sanctioned an entity because they've, they're alleging, right? And I don't know if they have to prove their case in court, but they're alleging this tornado cash uh, is money laundering and, and doing it for some very bad actors like North Korea, you know, Iraq. There was an article about a month ago where you have Iraq or Afghanistan or one of these countries, right, that's sort of on the U.S.'s naughty list, um, bragging, bragging about their Bitcoin mining bragging about the fact that they're buying, you know, nuclear weapons or whatever they need to make nuclear weapons with chemicals or parts. I don't know. They're buying stuff over the internet or however they're buying it. They're buying it with cryptocurrency or Bitcoin, right? Because they're mining the cryptocurrency. That's a big, big problem, right? This is a heads up for the industry. This has been going on. This is not news. They've The government has, has just decided to start sanctioning, to start cracking down on these you know, really humongous uh, money pots, right? They're just, they're just churning out um, uh, money laundering <laughs> services. And it is a mixer. I mean, so what is this entity, Tornado Cash? Well, it was a mixer for the specific purpose to hide the traceability of your funds for, for quote-unquote privacy, but... Um, and it's not illegal necessarily to hide, to want to hide, your, you know, to, to want privacy. And that's a big, you know, um, selling point for crypto is, is wanting to hide, you know, well, 
the illusion, right, that you could actually hide your transactions. This is a big uh, appeal of crypto. Um, the problem is, is that when you have bad actors using the same service that you're using, you are mixing with them in a specific, for a specific purpose of laundering, right? You're helping them launder these funds. That's illegal, right? You, you can't, as a U.S. citizen, right, you're not allowed to do, or U.S. business, you're not allowed to um, apparently uh, do business with the North Koreans, you know? And, and maybe there needs to be better better education around this, right? Maybe, 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 <laughs> I mean, yeah, it should be obvious, but... Um, but I guess it's not. But it should be obvious, right? That that you you shouldn't be just doing business with the North Koreans. Uh, but I get it. Maybe maybe they could just announce. I don't know. Are we are we are we not allowed to do business right now with the Russians? Maybe not. I, I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe 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 not. Um, all Russians or just some some Russians. But the idea is that this this OFEC entity. Uh, this Treasury Department of the United States can at least make a list. Let, let's let's at least give the U.S. government credit for making an objective list, you know, supposedly on who and who you, who you can't do business with. And in my opinion, hopefully all of the, the names are there on that list, you know, maybe by country, also maybe by by individual. Right. But what's interesting is that they're they're now sanctioning, you know, public addresses on the blockchain because the blockchain public address is how we identify people. I mean, we don't know necessarily their names, but the government has used special tools like maybe this company called Chain Analysis, you know, or another company sells services that, that basically analyze the blockchain. And then they gather all this data and they, they poke around on centralized exchanges and they're able to trace back because everything is, is public on the blockchain, trace back who is who. They're able to put together names, right? In my opinion, they probably have a really good working understanding of, 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 of which account belongs to who. Maybe not 100%, right? But, but most crypto people, uh, Bitcoin people, Ethereum people have interacted uh, with a, a centralized exchange in order to cash out, right? In order to sell your crypto or trade. Um, yes, you can trade on this, you know, DeFi type exchange, but uh, but you might be trading with somebody who 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 has just come from a centralized exchange. Who knows? It's all sort of interconnected. Yeah, I guess there's some loopholes, and I'm not an expert in that area. So, but just know that you're not hidden, right? Just because you have this public string of numbers as your public address in any crypto, uh, there's ways for them to figure out who you are. And let me just kind of. Uh, jumping all over the place here, but I I would recommend anybody in crypto to go watch that Marty Marty Bent um, interview with the lawyer on tornado, tornado cash because you know a lot of people don't don't know what money laundering is they don't understand what money transmission is they don't understand that you you are not allowed to just transact with anybody. And so if you're not allowed to transact with people on this OFAC list, that means you need to know who you're 
transacting with. That means that you have to do KYC, right? Know your customer, which is basically a thing for people involved in, you know, money transmission and payment services and that type of stuff. But you still need to know who you're, who you're doing business with. And when you are selling to somebody, right, and they're buying from you, you're doing business with that person. You are not allowed to do business, even with crypto, with a rush, you know, with a, with the North Korean person, you're just not allowed to do it. So, um, everybody's going to have to know who, you know, who they're dealing with. And that's a big problem for all of these, you know, quote unquote, decentralized, you know, automated market making, uh, exchanges like a, a DEX is what they call them. You know, so like a Uniswap, right? You don't know who the other person is on the other side. What happens is the way that these things work, my understanding in Uniswap is you basically have, it's not like a normal exchange because it can't function like that. There's no order book. There's no offers and bids. Everyone is just, there, there's there's this weird algorithm or curve, right? That, that you basically put in an asset and then you put in another asset and it's supposed to be on par, right? But then, but then people will, so you're like a liquidity provider. You're basically um, a market maker in a sense. And then other people will trade and they'll bring in just one of the assets. And then that'll affect the, the balancing, right? So that'll affect the price of these two assets on this DEX. And that's how they, you know, there's fees, right? That gets, that get, you know, um, uh, sent to the liquidity providers and some kind of token, right? And then there's uh, a way, and then so then it trades, right? And, and if people see arbitrage opportunities, they'll arbitrage it to match a centralized exchange pricing of this, you know, token. But these things, the way that they're currently built, right, don't KYC. They don't block certain individuals to the extent that I know. Right. Uh, they're going to have to do that. So this changes a lot of things. This has a lot of like implications for, you know, smart contracts and people who are making them and deploying them. Uh, it also has implications, in my opinion, which didn't come up on this show for just the base layer. Right. The Bitcoin miners, they're not KYC or maybe they are. and They're not telling us. Right. But what they are doing, and this goes for the staking protocols as well, what they are doing is they're taking fees, little slivers, right? Little slivers of whatever from the transaction that wants to be confirmed. And guess what? They, at least in Bitcoin's case, they're commingling. This is word, this word that came up in the interview, commingling the fees with the newly created Bitcoin that's created out of thin air according to the protocol that gets rewarded to the Bitcoin miner. Well, if you're commingling, right, you're almost hiding that history, right? And what if it came from a money launderer? What if it came from somebody in North Korea? The Bitcoin miners are very, very proud of the fact that they don't sanction, right? They don't, they, they, they include everybody. And if they don't, some other miner will. So these, these North Koreans transactions are getting in the blockchain. And the question is why, Right. Well, because the miners don't KYC. Now, 
Preston's solution was maybe they can do it on layer two or, or, you know, he didn't even talk about layer one, which is the blockchain. You know, they're talking about solutions for like layer twos and maybe how to, do, how to do this. But um, to be honest with you, the elephant in the room, right, is that the Bitcoin miners, why are they able to get away with this? Why are they able to get away with, with taking proceeds from illicit transactions from people in North Korea, right? Because we know it's happening to the extent that, that Tornado Cash, you know, and Ethereum too, Ethereum is proof of work as well. Now they are going to some kind of staking, but they haven't done it yet. So they haven't merged yet. I guess they have both protocols maybe out there now, but anyways, um, it, this, this could apply to actually both both cryptos, right? And then it could also apply to any cryptocurrency too that's just flat out staking uh, because the stakers are the ones validating tr- transactions, taking fees in the native currency, right? They're taking fees from the native currency to, so that to the extent that North Korea is using Tornado Cash, they're paying fees in Ethereum or, e- or ETH and um, the stakers are keeping that. They are not giving that up. So they're not, so OFAC wants to track illicit funds. They want to track anybody who is dealing with North Korea or any other sanctioned, uh, co- you know, country or individual. Well, the miners are just looking the other way right now, right? And and no one wants to bring this up, right? Because it kind of destroys Bitcoin, right? In a way, it's 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 something that can destroy this Bitcoin now. It probably won't like kill it, kill it, but it will really punch it, right? I mean, it, it can really do a dent, right? In this, this idea that Bitcoin is unsanctionable, the government can't control Bitcoin. I mean, all these Bitcoiners come out and they say all of these things that are just untrue, right? And they're becoming more untrue every single day. It's basically the governments has decided, you know, to go after them at some point. So the government maybe doesn't know about this, doesn't isn't thinking about this. No one is thinking about, hey, what is the little sliver in fees? Because it's so insignificant compared to the amount of newly rewarded fresh, let's just say call it fresh Bitcoin out of nothing, right? Compared to that, the fees are like so, so small. So no one's paying attention. But you know what? The Bitcoiners, it's not fair that they're commingling that. They should have it separated in case anyone ever flags, hey, Part of this fee, right, was from some North Korean that you included in the block. We can prove it. And now you, this is, this whole thing is tainted. You cannot sell, you cannot use these tainted coins. So in my opinion, it's just a matter of time. I mean, yeah, it's just, the Bitcoiners are delusional. Number one, they're, they're delusional to, to try to fight, you know, BSA, which is the, Bank Securities Act, right? That requires you know KYC, you know your transaction, and all this stuff. They are they are just delusional that they can that they think that they can outsmart the government in in, in implementing some technology called Bitcoin, called the blockchain, right? That can can go around these rules, right? So they're trying to get around these rules. They don't really care if these rules still exist. They have a monopoly, right? They have a monopoly on this arbitrage that allows them to, with their technology, get around these rules. That's part of why Bitcoin and crypto is interesting to some people, because you can you can start a payment service without having to get all the licenses, 
required to money transmit to all to do KYC, right? To do all of this stuff that's required for a normal operating business in this country. No, 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 no. They think that they've, they've got a winning technology stack. They think technology is going to save them from the rules. But you know what? These people don't understand the law. The law is about what you're doing, right? You're trying, you're making a payment, right? That's not called freedom of speech. That's called making a payment. Right. It doesn't matter if it's in dollars. It doesn't matter if it's in some dollar substitute, which Bitcoin is, right? Cause it can be converted to one. Uh, you are making a payment, right? You're not, you're not saying hello, right? You're not giving your, your woke, you know, statement, right? You're, you're not, you're not, uh, speaking here. You're, you're actually transacting, you know, you're, you're making a payment value for value. This is what really gets to me. I mean, I get it. You know, the hackers, they want to go, go around stuff. You know, I kind of have that mindset as well, too. But, uh, the letter of the law, right? It's very broad. It, it's not just, oh, technologically, you're not, you're not, you know, uh, doing this and this and this because of this technology. That's not what the law is about. Now, that's, I think that, that Bitcoin and all of crypto, they're slow to regulate it because they're slow to understand it. It's very difficult to understand because of all the crazy, uh, uh, just pl- plain, just disinformation, outright lies of what Bitcoin is. And I think that they do it on purpose, right? I, I just saw a talk today. I'm not going to name who, but he's speaking about the conf- why Bitcoin is confusing and why it needs to be confusing. Or something like that. It was something ridiculous. Like, um, no, Bitcoin, you make Bitcoin confusing, right? You lie about Bitcoin to confuse people, right? So that they buy into this. So they believe you, right? But if you're, if you're really doing your own thinking, right? And it, I, I get it. It takes, it takes a while. But if you really are doing your own thinking, uh, and you have a lot of common sense, I mean, you kind of have to have a lot of common sense like I do. I think I have a lot of common sense. Um, so that's my advantage, but eventually now, not, maybe not right away, but eventually you'll see through Bitcoin. You'll see through this, this scam and these lies. Um, you know, and I just saw something with, with an interview with Mike Green and just a clip I, with real vision. I, I hate that place. <laughs> uh, don't, don't pay for their, their, their insights. Um, just a scam shop. But they did have Mike Green interviewing Robert Breedlove, Breedlove, which I guess he has a podcast in Bitcoin. I mean, they all have podcasts in Bitcoin. But this guy is literally saying, this was seven months ago when this was really big, was that the government, the U.S. government should buy Bitcoin. Like, and it shouldn't tell anybody about it, right? And Mike Green was saying, what? <laughs> so you don't like the Fed printing money to buy treasury bills, right? But you're okay with the Fed printing money to buy Bitcoin and not telling anybody about it and that it just so happens to benefit you and you're calling this some kind of national security project, right? That the the government needs to buy Bitcoin. I mean, this guy just lying out of his teeth, he couldn't see his own hypocrisy. These people are either seriously deluded or seriously fraudulent, right? I, I have enjoyed Mike Green's takes. The last couple ones I've watched of him, uh, I've enjoyed. Um, the other one was on a podcast with Barry Weiss and he was, de- uh, Mark Green was debating, um, um, Pomp, Pomp, Pompliano, um, which, you know, Anthony Pompliano, he's, he's an okay guy, right? He's an okay guy. 
Um, I don't think he's being dishonest on purpose at all. Now, I think some of them are being dishonest on purpose. I don't think he is. I think he believes what he says. But, you know, just just Mike Green pointing out, you know, you you want everyone to buy Bitcoin, but you the Bitcoiners never disclose that they have a, a huge interest in buy, in people buying Bitcoin. They have this huge incentive to get other people to buy Bitcoin and they never even disclose it. They never even talk about it. Um, that's part of my problem with the Bitcoiners as well. Uh, but I think these Bitcoin miners, um, it's not going to, it's not looking good for them. Now, no one is talking about what I'm talking about, right? They're not, they're not going there. And the Bitcoin community has got his head between its legs. They don't want this to come out. They, they don't want what I'm saying to get mainstream. They do not want me going to the government. They do not want me pressuring Bitcoin miners. They don't want this out at all, but it's going to come out, right? I mean, if I figured it out, how many other people are going to figure it out too, right? That they're not KYCing, that they're keeping the the small fees from these North Koreans or or other sanctioned individuals of the world. It's it, People are going to eventually find out about it. So sooner or later, right, Bitcoin miners are going to have to KYC. And then there goes the narrative for Bitcoin being this independent, right, quote unquote, decentralized uh, cryptocurrency, not saying that it could end it, but it's going to significantly change its perception, its utility, right? Everything. And this goes for every crypto. I just single out Bitcoin in particular, but it goes for every single cryptocurrency out there that uh, eventually, right, they're going to come under the same rules that apply to any other, you know, payment services type of, uh, of, of um, company which all of these cryptocurrencies are basically like little companies. They don't want you to think about that, but they are. They really are. Even if they're not registered as companies, they're un, they're what they're called um, uh, a general partnership, right? A general partnership. Go look that up if you've never heard the term. So just because you don't register with the state doesn't mean the state will not view you as a business, as operating a business. And if you're operating a business and you're issuing securities called whatever token you're you're selling for cash, uh, you could be in big trouble.